I'm John Brannion, professional comedian for more than 30 years. And I'm Amanda McKinney, John's daughter for more than 30 years. Our family believes laughing is a learned behavior, and we want to teach you how to do it. So welcome to the kitchen table of the comedian next door. Welcome to the podcast! When can I start talking? This is where our voices usually come in. Can I talk now? Sure. Okay. Hey, this is our our first uh, official podcast on the network, on the Fight, Laugh, Feast network, and we're jazzed about it. Yeehaw! That's the sound we make when we're jazzed. We are uh, basically doing the same podcast that we've been doing for the last four years, but now we're doing it on the Fight, Laugh, Feast network. Right? With fancy new with fancy new equipment technology. that we're just now figuring out how to use, and so if if there are some technical difficulties, um, then you should kind of get used to that because that's one of our hallmarks of this podcast. Yeah, but if I may say so, the last forty nine seconds have gone flawless. They have been uh, executed with with precision and perfection, professionalism. So there's nowhere to go but down from here. Mm-hmm. The purpose of this podcast is, uh, well, there's there's several purposes for it, but the primary purpose is that we are going to endeavor each week to highlight and uh, educate the purpose of humor and comedy for making life better, for muddling through this life that we have been given with a chipper sense of hope and good humor. And who are you? What gives you the right to talk on such subjects? What gives what gives me the right? I have three decades of uh, experience as a professional comedian, a professional comedian, a person who gets paid to be funny. That's what gives me the right to presume that I know more about comedy than you do. I'm sorry. I'm just real. I'm trying to pick my jaw up off the floor over here. The fact that you even answered that question without <laughs> immediately delving into self-deprecation and undermining your entire career. This is our first podcast, so our listeners don't know what you're talking about. I, I'm, I don't have anything else to say, except I'm used to you immediately answering that question with, I'm a nobody who knows nothing and doesn't have any right. I have no mm-hmm. right to talk about this stuff, and you should probably stop listening immediately. So what do you have to say to me about that? Do you owe me an apology? I, <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think you do. I think you made an assumption that uh, you shouldn't have made. So I also noticed you said listeners... With an S. I did. And that's new. That's a diff- that's a departure from our usual audience. That's a audience. departure from our normal thing. We're, we've, uh, in the past, for the past four years, the nature of this podcast has been that we have a single solitary listener and no more because we didn't really expect to, to get a whole bunch of listeners. And so we talked to our listener the same way that Mr. Rogers used to talk to his television audience. He talked to you 
as if you were the only other person in the room. And that's the sort of relationship that we want to establish with our podcast audience. Yeah. It's just it's just us. It's just the three of us. And we have we've given our podcast listener a name. His name is Carl because we assume that he is a male in staunch adherence to the patriarchy, which yeah. we are fans women, of. Women don't listen to this podcast. Right. Obviously. Women don't listen to the podcast. Only masculine people do. Yeah. Only one masculine person, and his name is Carl. And so, yeah, I've departed from that on the, on the new network, and I'm thinking that there may be more than, than one listener. It's interesting, because I was just thinking how more appropriate it is to refer to Carl by himself when we're now, t- we kind of have a neighborhood theme, because we, we've got a name change that I'm about 99% sure we're going to take, and we're going to call this... Because you won't entertain any other ideas. I have entertained them and found them wanting. Do we have to introduce ourselves? Probably. We yeah. probably should have done that like 10 minutes ago, right? Probably. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if we're if you're the comedian next door... And this is Carl's first time over to our house to introduce himself. We introduce ourselves. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, we can do all that. But but you wouldn't introduce yourself to all of the neighbors at once. It would just be Carl. It would just be one neighbor coming over to, to borrow a cup of sugar. And, and my lawnmower. <laughs> And then he's going to get no, a lawnmower. No. He's going to get the lawnmower over to his house, and he's going to notice that it meeting. doesn't have enough gas in it, and the oil hasn't been changed. <laughs> and was, he's going to come back and go, Brandon, what's the matter with you? This lawnmower hasn't been maintained. Didn't you go through a period where you had a push mower? It didn't even involve any gasoline. I still have that mower. Do you? Yeah, I don't. I don't have any gasoline. You're that neighbor. Mowers. You're so weird. That's weird. I I like it. I like I've got a regular real mower, but that's not what this podcast it is about. It doesn't cut the grass as short. It I does actually, too. It does a great job of cutting the grass. I was going to ask you if you had to describe my backyard right now for Carl. I was thinking about this earlier today when I was thinking, okay, so we've got this podcast we're going to record today it has to do with with introducing yourself to the new neighbors mm-hmm. and. And what first impression is my <laughs> is your my yard, yard going to make right now? Yeah, or if you could describe it in one word, what would or maybe a phrase? But how would you describe a it? phrase? Uh, yeah, it looks like a it looks like a lot of kids live here. That's so much nicer than I was going to say. What were you going to say? My first thought, honestly, earlier was we look like we own a vicious dog. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah, that's a possibility. <laughs> Wouldn't you? There's a lot of there's a lot of bare spots in the backyard. It's a toy graveyard mm-hmm. for one thing. It's barely past snow season, so it's just muddy, mushy nastiness. Everything out there is covered in dead leaves, and right. and it's raining really hard right now. So it's a marshland, right? But yeah, there's but that, your phone. But that is actually the uh, the hallmark of kind of what this, not the hallmark, but that's indicative of what this podcast is about. Because yeah. this is not, this podcast is not a neatly trimmed, well-manicured lawn. Right. This podcast is very much a 
a backyard full of toys and mud. Right. And I'm thinking that this episode is the episode where we help Carl understand that just because we may seem completely unapproachable at first impression because of things like that. Because I'm a famous comedian. <laughs> because our yard looks like Sid from Toy Story lives in it. <laughs> oh, you think that makes us less approachable? Yeah, it's he's the bad guy. And, you know, people who don't care to pick up after themselves are kind of... Mm. I mean, it, like I said, it's not necessarily an accurate first impression. I don't mean to say anything about... It is an accurate first impression. A lot of kids do live here. If they own, if they own a vicious dog, for example, I don't mean for them to take that analogy personally. I'm just saying there's a type, and and uh, I don't, I don't necessarily want our neighbors to feel like we've got a sign on our back door that goes with the backyard that says like "keep out private property," you know. Okay. Well, here's the thing that's going on that uh, I wasn't expecting. And I, I didn't even realize that you gave any thought to the appearance of your backyard. It just, I've, I've known you your whole life. Mm-hmm. And this is the first, Wait, who are you again? You shocked. <laughs> see, that's like, that's why we should have introduced ourselves. <laughs> uh, but you have, you have never, you have never ever indicated that you've given any concern about, Toys being in the backyard or dead spots and dead leaves and well I don't the other the other ninety nine percent of the time when I'm not introducing myself to a brand new person for the very first time. You're self conscious about your backyard because you're afraid that our that Carl is not going to like you? You think Carl's going to reject you because I, I he's just, gonna see all the toys in our podcast? Never, he may never even get the chance. He may just he may look peek in the back fence and be like, I'm going to go knock on that door. Nope, I'm probably nope. going to get mauled, so I'm just going to stay away. After that first impression, it doesn't even matter. Any other, you know, once the ice is broken. So this right. is the icebreaker episode. And heretofore, <laughs> Carl has been listening, like, again, over the fence or, like, through a crack in the window uh-huh. to us discussing, going, man, these people are either, I don't know, they're either... Crazy or a lot of fun, and he's still on the fence, I think. And uh, maybe, maybe we can just invite him to go ahead, knock on the door, and then we can introduce ourselves. I <laughs> caramba. Okay. Uh, my name is John. <laughs> well done. Hey, uh, my name is Sean Branion. I've been a comedian for 30 years, 30 plus years. And uh, I've, I have developed over those 30 years a intense interest in not only uh, performing comedy and writing comedy and creating comedy, but also in uh, uh, an, an interest in teaching people how comedy works, the process of creating comedy, the philosophy behind comedy and humor, and how that philosophy can be uh, adapted to become an actual worldview um, through which everything in your entire existence is modified and changed, uh, I believe, for the better. And so this podcast is the... Uh, conversations that come out of our discussions mostly about everyday life, um, the, the 
events and tragedies of everyday life and how our perspective on humor impacts those events. Right. And our How's that for a very unfunny way of explaining? Uh, 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 you slay us. We should have some canned laughter in this. We actually do. Do we? Would you like some? Yeah. Uh, Let me, let's, let's find the canned laughter. Wait a minute. I don't... Can you got to get back to the other... I don't know if I can without pushing... Because we're in the middle of recording. We've never done that before. You'll have to stay tuned for the canned laughter. <laughs> there has to be a way to do it. I'm stuck with this bank of sound effects right now, and I don't know how to get back to the other. There has to be a way to do it. Uh, by our, by the way, you said our and we a few times, and you are referring to the rest of the Branyan family, myself included. So I am the eldest of the Branyan siblings. There are four of us. Um, I've got two brothers and a sister, and three of the four of us have spouses and children of our own. So we've expanded quite a bit in the last 10 years. Um, so You didn't mention your name. Okay, well, my name's Amanda or Mandy or Peaches. I get called the Peaches all the time. That was never intended as like a cool radio signature or anything. It's just what Dad has called me literally my entire life. And so eventually Carl started calling me that too. And um, I go by Mrs. McMommy on my blog. I've got I've got many names. Um, seven years ago, I started doing the event coordinating for John Brandon Comedy Events. I've done a lot of social media um, posting and promoting. And um, I homeschool my four children. And at least two days a week, we've got the whole crew over at my house for Sunday lunch after church and then on Wednesday a little get together that we call just because I love you day with just chaos chaos from wall to wall when all the cousins get together and my sisters and I so so that all of that to say there have been many times we've recorded the podcast with um, all of that going on in the background so there will be plenty of opportunity to meet the entire cast of characters mm-hmm. um, but but the whole family is kind of Involved. It's a family affair, and we've got everybody involved with this whole how do we use humor to um, build the kingdom and to advance our faith and um, grow our children's minds and glorify our creator. Yeah, yeah, all that. So, um, one thing that we have never done before, but I, but it's not for lack of me suggesting it to a. <laughs> bunch of brick walls who were resistant to it we've never been real organized with our conversations mm-hmm. right we've we just kind of turn That's on fair. the recorder and we go hog wild and um it's it's fine and i like you know the fact that a lot of times these have just been recordings of what's actually happening in our house i mean if you were walking past down the road and our windows were open, it would literally be what you would hear with, with no editing and no scripting. Right. If all. you if you came into the yard and actually yeah. got close enough to the window, if you had the if you weren't intimidated by the appearance of the backyard and you came into the yard and right. listened at the window, this is what you would hear. Yes. 
Don't step on the broken skates and right. the, you know. But as the Peaches has intimated earlier, she's concerned that you wouldn't come into the yard, that you would be put off by the... I'm concerned we have made it as hard as possible <laughs> for Carl to listen to our podcast. There we go. Now we're talking. All right. Uh, because yes, historically, so raw historically so, yeah. our podcast has been has been not produced, it's not edited, uh, the, the sound has not been um, equalized or, or adjusted in any way, and so yeah. it's difficult to listen to this podcast. Yeah. It's, a, it's a challenge. It, we, we try to make it, we don't try to make it a challenge, but, it, but we do make it a challenge to listen, to soldier through the entire podcast takes Herculean determination and and we always intended for it to be comfortable and you know and have that family feeling there are still going to be bathroom doors slammed and Mm -hmm. cell phones going off and you i'm not even sure how much the kids in the background are being picked up right now but but i'm sure they are at least a little bit so that's still going to remain um but we are going to try to be i'm going to try to have a little bit more of a handle on what we're going to talk about ahead of time because I would like to break it up in each episode and have not scripts, you know, we're not reading anything off of a, of a piece of paper, but I, I do want to have a little sense of direction so that as, as Carl gets to know us, he can decide whether he wants to, you know, tune in for, for different things or not. So, right. Well, the Peaches is a type A personality, so she will organize and she will, um, Keep us on task. So offended, and she will. So offended, you would say that she will annoy us, and she will scold us, and she will put the clamps down when things start to get really, really fun Mm -hmm. and spontaneous. She won't. She won't allow any of that. So, so I already have because I'm a Type A personality. Because somebody has to be mm -hmm. in this operation. Um, I already have some ideas for segments, but. We're going to toss these out here and see how we like them. See if they, if, ah, we'll see if we like them. So my first, the first thing that I want to have is um, what I want to call, oh no. (laughs) John Branion's Hill to Die On. Oh, are we doing the Hill to Die On first? I thought that was the last segment. Oh, is it? Yeah, I thought that was the sound, because what we talked about before, Miss Type A personality, is that that was sort of the wrap-up. The hill oh, to die on yeah. is sort of an encapsulation of what we talked about before. That's fair. But I think today I'm just going to have you describe what it's going to be anyway, is, because we don't even have... Uh, uh, do you have a hill to die on today? Well, I could make one up. <laughs> there are so many. I could I could get, climb aboard a hill could find a hill and climb up on it because because why because that's what i do i i'm an improviser i'm a i'm a guy who who swings at whatever pitch i'm thrown sometimes i hit sometimes i well, don't i mean i wasn't intending to actually to have a, a story or an article or you know a post on social media that we were going to dissect the hill the hill that i would be prepared to die on in this first episode would be the fact that there is no boundary when it comes to uh, when it comes to humor. In other words, and specifically teasing and and ridiculing other people. 
And again, I was expecting to put this hill at the end of the conversation oh, okay. so you don't know what I'm talking about yet. Right, right, right. All right, should we come back to the hill to die on? Then? If Well, if it's okay with you. I don't want to presume okay. to do your job, for heaven's sakes. I mean, well, this uh, is just... I'm also stalling a little bit because I can't remember what the third one is. This I know is, what this is. What's this one? Oh, yeah, this is what I thought it was. Okay, okay. this is what I meant to do. Good grief. That's what I thought was okay. first. Okay, that was what I thought was first, too. So good grief is a section... <laughs> that uh, is going to be a focus on the hardships and the struggles that people have and how those can be uh, addressed and navigated using comedy. And so there is a fundamental principle of humor that demands, not suggests, but demands that there is some sort of conflict somewhere. Uh, if you've ever taken a writing class or uh, any sort of a theatrical class, script writing, whatever, any, any, any sort of story, the first thing they will tell you when you're writing a story is that you have to have a conflict. If you don't have conflict, you don't have a story. And that is absolutely true when it comes to humor. Without some kind of conflict, there is no humor. And so all comedy is reflecting some type of pain, some type of suffering. It doesn't have to be profound. It doesn't have to be life and death. But there's always something in humor that is awkward, uncomfortable, painful, uh, embarrassing, or humiliating, yeah. something like that. So, for example, um, for example, somebody writes in. They, they send us an email or they post on social media and they say, hey, got a question for you for your good grief segment. Um, my, when I was a kid, I was in high school-ish and um, there was the bully in class who was really trying to hurt my feelings and they told me I smell like steak. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. Uh-huh, go ahead. And uh, I really want to know how I should handle that because... You know, it was it was mean, and they were trying to be mean, and mm-hmm. and so what can I do with with a bully like that? What can I do when somebody calls me a name and hurts my feelings? Yeah, somebody tells me you smell like steak. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So that would be something you could tackle. That would be something that we would tackle in the good grief section. The good grief segment. And the the goal is to help people understand that humor is is both a weapon and a suit of armor. It's a weapon for attacking folly and and wrong thinking and absurdity and lies, basically. A humor, humor is useful for attacking lives and, ex, and exposing them. Um, but at the same time, it's a suit of armor. And when you have a, a well-refined and well-practiced sense of humor, you, you don't get offended and you don't suffer with the same kind of grief that many people suffer with. And it's not going to eliminate sadness in your life, but it's going to help you be better at, um, at navigating and at dealing with, with grief. Right. Um, and it will diminish some of the grief. If you're, if you're a very sensitive person, when you learn how humor works, uh, when 
when you listen to this podcast and we teach you how humor works, there will be less grief in your life yeah. because the, the number of things that upset you and hurt you will drastically diminish as you start to become fluent in humor. Right. So to, to give Carl just a little overview of how this has played out in the podcast in the past, um, we've, we've discussed with my sister Tabby what it was like to have a, a veritable stalker in college mm-hmm. um, telling her that, that she should date him because that's what a good Christian would do, and she was such a snob and so stuck up, and, and she at the time was kind of wrestling with that and whether there was truth to it. Right. Um, so we had a long conversation with her. We've had several with her about that and how um, learning the rules of humor can can help you not fall victim to those kinds of, you know, basically scams. Right. Again, um, we've talked a lot about online bullying and, you know, trolls. Mm-hmm. I mean, I almost said good grief, unironically. <laughs> I mean, good grief. Uh, a couple of months ago, you had literally thousands of vicious, like, death wishes from professional <laughs> nurses. Right. Uh, because of something that was basically taken out of context, and they, they were literally vowing to end your career and possibly even your life if you showed up in the wrong emergency room mm-hmm. during the it was pandemic. It was at least hinted at it was, that, that perhaps I wouldn't receive the proper level of care if I ever we went these, to their We should put clinic. this guy's face up in the ERs across the country. That's what <laughs> I believe was said. Don't, don't give that guy a... Uh, don't give that guy a, a breathing apparatus. Um, a yeah. Vent, a ventilator. yeah, don't give him a ventilator if yeah. he if he really needs one because he's an awful person. So you know how do you Fun deal with that? Like that. Yep. Because there were there were people who were connected to us at the time who were really devastated by that. They were like, "Can we even hang out with John and the rest of the Brandon clan anymore when when he's like a wanted individual?" Right, <laughs> right. I don't want to. I don't. I need to distance myself from him yeah. because he's. But these these are real events that happen. Yeah, and I'm you've not been, the only one that's experienced. You've them. been disinvited from from shows that I have been on the calendar. I've lost work. Um, I'm thinking of other. Well, there's examples in your book, you know, that have to do with excruciating physical pain mm-hmm. that people were going through, and and you're careful to point out that it, you're not laughing about the suffering part. I mean, there is there is something. To be said about weeping with those who weep, you know, mourning with those who mourn, and correct, and recognizing that there are truly heinous, evil, terrible things that go on in the world, right? But that, that we have found ways to um, be able to live with them, to not let those things end our joy, you know. Correct. Well, and that's so, that's yeah. the purpose of humor. Yeah. The, the purpose of humor. Many people understand humor to be this thing that you indulge in when everything is great when you're quote in the mood for a joke you turn on a comedy you watch a, a movie you whatever you you indulge in humor when you're feeling pretty good and you need a laugh and very few people see humor as the antidote to extreme uh, suffering and I, I they they will say things like, "Well, this is not the appropriate time to joke. This is not a time when we should joke. It's it's inappropriate for you to be uh, to for us to be laughing about this." And I had a conversation with a guy just yesterday 
about this very topic. And he, it was a fairly long conversation. I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but he was, he's reading my book and he was asking me genuinely, basically, where is the line? I mean, there's a, there's a point where when somebody is, is trying to hurt you and somebody is going out of their way to be abusive and they're ridiculing you and they're mocking you and they're laughing at you. There's a point where they've gone too far, right? I mean, there's a point where it's too much. And I said to him, no, there is, there is no point where you should expect another person to basically draw a line and then not cross it. Because when when you expect other people to suddenly go, oh, I've gone too far here. I've cut too deeply. I have, I have wounded you too severely. You've given them all the power. You have, you have put your, your frame of mind and your sense of well-being entirely in the hands of a hostile uh, individual. Somebody who doesn't really care whether or not you're doing okay. They don't really care if they hurt your feelings. In fact, what they're saying is it's trying to hurt your feelings. They're intentionally trying to butcher you for whatever reason. And so if you are expecting that person to have a sudden um, burst of consciousness where they go, oh, maybe I went too far. Look Look how devastated this is. I need to apologize. If you're expecting them to do that, you've given them all the power. And so I said to this guy, what, what needs to happen is you need to realize that the decision to be offended is entirely yours. And if you, if you shed a tear or raise your voice or for heaven's sakes, throw a punch, um, then you've you've lost everything <laughs> you've lost everything and what humor does is it gives you the ch- the ability to actually fight back if you lean into that if you lean into people when they laugh at you if you join them in the laughter then you take all the power back yourself and 99% of the bullies out there who are trying to tear you down with their laughter have no idea how to respond when you laugh along right um and they have absolutely no idea how to respond when you're funnier than they are right whatever they're making fun of you for if you lean into that and say not only that but you have a line that tops what they were saying um then it's game over you will discover that they will quickly drop their stones and walk away so that's what we're trying to talk about in our good grief section every of the things every time somebody sends you Every time there's grief, every time there's pain, it's an opportunity for laughter. And that's the good part of it. Yeah. So goodness and grief are connected to each other, um, I believe, by God. Yeah. And that's the, that's the nature of reality. And a hat tip to my husband, Luke, for the name. Yes, the podcast ninja. The podcast ninja. As he's been come to be known. So because. named because you often don't even know he's in the room until he drops a one liner and disappears. And then disappears. Right. He's he will he's in there and then he'll listen and say nothing and then yeah, he'll drop a single line and then exit the conversation. He will definitely not introduce himself. He will definitely No. He will definitely just just say whatever he's gonna say and then be gone. And then out he goes. Um so anyway, he came up with the word with the uh with the title, and I'm going to push the button again because I can. 
Good grief. There we go. <laughs> so that's that. I think we were having fun, so it's time to move on. Okay. Um, Good. The other, well done. The other segment we've got. Peaches in a whirl. The peaches in a whirl. So t- what's this segment about? That's just because every single time we would start recording a podcast, I would be accused of being in a whirl about something. That was... We don't know how else to start the episode. It's, well, the Peaches is totally in a whirl today over X, Y, Z. Right. Whether or not it's true, usually it's not. But if... It's based in some truth. Much like yourself, I can decide to be all whirled up about something if I would like. So, um, so some things that I have historically spoken about uh, when I'm in a whirl. Feminism. Um, the way that mean girls behave when they're trying to get power and um, how, let's see, uh, the education system is something I've talked a lot about. As a homeschool parent, I've got some strong opinions there. Um, and, yeah, having graduated from private schools and um, seen what has become of the system Especially been, the last 10 you've years. You've been in a world about marriage and family. Talked about family uh, and Divorce. Marriage. Divorce. Um, been in a world about homeschooling, which is education. That's what I just said. Education. Um, yeah, but it's it's usually specific things. Oh, I know. We were talking about, um, I, I was the one in a world about nurses a few months ago because my husband is a nurse. And um, back when they were all upset, when the nurses' unions were upset because of the politician on the West Coast who who basically, in an offhanded remark, said, you know, you don't need to have multiple nurses on staff for night shifts in those, you know, rural hospitals right. out in the middle of nowhere because they're playing cards at night. Right. And everybody was so mad. How dare you think that nurses should just play cards. And I was like, she specified in the rural hospitals, which is like what my husband works at. And I said to Luke, do you guys play cards at night? And he goes, definitely not. We were playing cornhole. (laughs) Cornhole. Remember when he said that? I don't remember cornhole. It was, he was sincere. They had made a cornhole. They fashioned a cornhole game out of a cardboard box when he was on shift. He was on night shift. In a cornfield hospital. Because there's nothing to do. There's nothing there's to no do. There's no sick people. Yeah. 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 It's not because he's a terrible nurse. It's because of this thing called supply and demand. And, right. But Well, it's just say it's it's sort of like firemen. Right. You know, firemen are there in case there's they're needed, but right. you don't have a problem with them playing cornhole in the fire when house when there's nothing burn, burning down. Yeah. Well, I, I was in a whirl about that because I was tired of all of these uh, nurse advocates being like, you can't talk about nurses that way. And I was like, quit talking for us. What if us. they play cards? Sometimes they do play ho- cards and yeah. cornhole. But um, So that's just a, a quick example. I will I will try to come up with something to discuss. Well, the, the reason that I call, the, the reason that I would say Peaches isn't in a whirl is because another aspect of comedy that is crucial is passion. And if you're not passionate about the thing that you're talking about, then it can't be, it can't be funny. There can't be any humor there. Right. And so one of the things that you, that you must do when you are a comedian is you must take little insignificant things and magnify them and blow up your passion about those things to uh, the red level. Because no one wants to hear you talk about things that you don't care about. 
And nobody wants to hear jokes about things that you're indifferent toward. They want to hear humor about about what you're thinking about, but you have to care about it. And so when I said peaches is in a whirl, that was my sort of funny way of saying this is a thing that she cares about. And so that that's where that came from. And also, it was fun for me to say peaches is all in a whirl because you can't see this, Carl, because it's a podcast. But she would shake her head and roll her eyes, mm-hmm. and uh, and that made me laugh. So mm-hmm. every time you hear Peaches is in a whirl, you can kind of picture her rolling her I eyes would and be standing there like making lunch or you know right. washing dishes or folding and, socks. And I would oftentimes describe a completely different scenario. <laughs> Peaches is fuming. She's rant, ranting and raving. And she's, she's breaking stuff, running around the house, and she's. Yeah. yeah. So that's, we're going to embrace it. That's what you do with a bully, like my dad, when he's trying mm-hmm. to get a rise out of you. You name your segment after his dumb joke. I've taught you well. Yeah. Thanks. Now can we, now are we ready for... John Bradley's Hill to Die On. <laughs> so the idea behind this segment is every week we are going to discuss, uh, in summary, basically the point... Uh, where I have drawn a line, where I have planted a flag, and I will move no further. And the reason behind this segment actually just cropped up a couple of weeks ago, I think. Yeah, and we liked it so much. You talked about it in church. Mm-hmm. And and once again, Luke, the podcast ninja. Who is really good at naming things. He said, you gotta, he wanted us to name the whole podcast. John Brady is Hill to Die On. Yeah, and I told him, I like it, but I want it to be a segment instead of the, whole, the name of the whole podcast. Mm-hmm. So. Well, the reasoning behind it is this. It occurred to me, in, again, in church on Sunday, that we have a culture that is very, very interested in getting along with, with each other. But more importantly, we have a church culture that wants to get along with, with pagans, that they, that they want to come alongside pagans and just love on them. And for years now, church has been retooling itself to, to become attractive to people who don't want anything to do with the gospel. We're the church for people who hate church. Come as you are. Come and belong. Uh, we are a judgment-free zone. And this sort of idea that, that Christianity is nothing more than just making people like us. And so in order to keep from having conflicts and in order to keep from having fights with people and quote-unquote driving them away from Jesus. We have become a bunch of pacifists who don't really stand for anything. And so the the way that that's been articulated and how it came up on church on Sunday was somebody asked me, is this a hill that you want to die on? And it occurred to me that I get asked that question a lot. Is this really a hill that we want to die on? Is this a hill that we should die on? Is this a hill that that we should that we Christians should be dying on? And the answer to that question for me has become, well, yeah. If you're if if this is a if this is a hill that I if I have to decide if I'm willing to die on this hill, then my question for you is, are you going to kill me on this hill? Because when somebody asks, are you willing to die on that hill? Really what they're doing is they're just questioning the intensity of your belief. They're saying, okay, 
how deeply and how how deeply do your convictions run on this? And I think that a Christian's um, job should be to ask ourselves first, okay, am I willing to die on this hill? And if the answer is yes, then yeah, I'll die on this hill. And I think that Christians have been reluctant to to say, yeah, I'm going to die on this hill because it doesn't sound very nice. It sounds very combative and well, it sounds and also, very cuz I think there are a lot of them hard-headed. Who, I I think there are a lot of them who are not willing to die. Right. I, mean, I think they haven't really thought about it. They haven't done right. that crucial first step where it's like do I really believe what I'm saying? Enough. Yes, Emery, you may have a fruit pouch. There we go. We almost now we've made been it. interrupted. We almost made it through the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I'm actually happy that she did that because I don't want people to get used to the idea of this podcast being uninterrupted and undistracted. If you think she's not in there listening to you say that you're happy she did that right now, <laughs> I've got another word for you. And I'm grandpa. I can I can do that. Back I can poison their minds with things, and then uh, I can I leave, and it's your job no, to have to I'm worry about that. I'm saying she'll be back before we're even done recording. So oh okay, it'll be your fault, and then I'm gonna have to get grouchy um that's a hill i'm willing to die on is it mm-hmm. i don't think you've thought this through which was the point i was making i don't think that that a lot of christians have done the important legwork up front to figure out what they believe and to be confident in it right um but once they do if if you are a christian who has figured out why they believe what they believe then yes an appropriate question uh, appropriate response when somebody says really this is what you want to die on uh, the response is, I don't know. Are you going to kill me on this hill? Which is the thing I like about that question is you're basically asking them the same thing that they asked you. Right, right. And they're not It's reminding them it takes two it. to argue. It takes two to fight, right? right? And the, the classic example of this was uh, a couple of years ago when an individual who identifies as a trans individual was saying directly to me, you know, it's just words, Right. Right. pronouns right. <laughs> right. it's just words why can't you just use the words i'm asking you to 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 use right and i said i don't know why can't you just let me use the words i want to use if they're just words why just are you words. so worked up about them or maybe it's not just words right. maybe this is a hill you want to die on and i'm gonna meet you there so john brandon's hill to die on um each each time you've got a new a new hill on which you're going to propose war yes and sometimes it's going to be, sometimes they're going to be sincere and important topics. And sometimes it's going to be something like, yes, mayonnaise is absolutely the worst condiment that was ever invented. And we should get rid of it because there's, uh, there needs to be passion behind everything that we, that we say. And I don't think that's a bad thing. And that's the other thing that we're going to talk about in this podcast is teaching people to, to, be unapologetically passionate about the things that they believe and uh, be willing to die on lots of different hills. <laughs> That's three times in one episode. <laughs> Got a lot of mileage out of that one today. So um, we also are known for our snappy wrap-ups on your live show on Sunday nights. So are no, we going to attempt to have a snappy wrap-up every every episode with this podcast? What we're going to do is we're going to pre-record some sort of a wrap-up that, okay. that we will throw at the end. Okay. And uh, so That's probably better. 
Yeah. Our snappy wrap-ups can go for 15 or 20 minutes we, if yeah. we're not careful. There's not a lot of snap. And when I say our, I mean yours. Mine. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Your, your snap. I get distracted. Your snappiness needs some work. But, all right. Well, that's um, that's it for this episode. Whatever it's called. It's called The Comedian Next Door. <laughs> The Comedian Next Door. Uh, Wait a minute. If you need to borrow hedge clippers and a sense of humor, he's your neighbor. (laughs) Why are are you holding in your laughter? (laughs) I'm imagining we'll probably do some...